0: Nashville Predators fall to the Minnesota Wild, but still get some good news on the playoff front. We'll see where the Preds stand in the playoff picture. Plus, what was the deal with the uh, the goaltender non-interference call last night? That's uh, something a lot of people are not happy about. Plus, it's Monday, which means it's plus-minus day. We'll look at the highs and lows of the Preds for the past week. Coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast.
1: Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForecheck.com,
1: and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at ontheforecheck.com.
0: Happy Monday to you, Ann. Uh and we also have a Well, go go ahead and say happy Monday.
1: Happy Monday to you too, Nick. I wouldn't want to leave you hanging there.
0: Thank you. Uh I think that's my fault. I was so <laughs> So eager about introducing today's sponsor, Bet Online. Oh yeah! Uh, as we mentioned, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts, and the playoff game certainly started last night. And uh, Nashville Predators in a battle with the Minnesota Wild, their second game in the back-to-back, uh, lost five to four in overtime. And a last-second OT goal on uh, a very bad play. Let's let's be honest with yeah. you. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was not uh, good.
0: No, it was not one of the Preds' finer moments of that game. Um, what's your one word to describe last night's game, Ann?
1: So I don't. This is probably before your time, which which hurts my heart a little bit. But I'm gonna go with it anyway. Do you know what Schoolhouse Rock is?
0: Yeah, it's a barrel. am on my
1: Standing here on Capitol Hill. That's it. So, Schoolhouse Rock was a huge part of growing up. It's how I learned 99% of the things that I needed to know in high school, like the preamble to the Constitution, how a bill becomes a law, all that stuff. But one of my favorites is one called Interjections. I don't know if you remember that one. Interjections show excitement or emotion. They're generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong. So when you're happy, hooray, or sad, aww, or frightened, eek, or mad, rats, or excited, wow, or glad, yay, an interjection starts a sentence right. See, that was. Well, keep going. No, I mean, I'm just saying I could, but I won't. But yeah. that it, that was the whole experience for the game against Minnesota. It was one interjection after another. You know, it was like, eek, oh, they turned it over again. Wow, look at that amazing goal. You know, it just was one thing after another. And so my one word to describe the game is interjection. Sounds like the
0: day of a life of somebody that's just on cocaine. <laughs>
1: That's a little bit what this game felt like. I mean, <laughs> it was like the minute you were like, okay, we got this. Then it was like rats, you know, yeah. something would happen. So yeah, it was, it was one interjection after another.
0: I don't think fans were seeing that song either in the stands last night.
1: No, no. I think there were some other things going on.
0: <laughs> no. Um. Do you know, do you remember the, uh, it's like the choose-your-own-adventure story. <gasps> yes! Like, loved them. you're coming to the door. If you want to turn around, go to page 16. If you yes move forward, continue to the next page. Love those. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the aftermath of mm-hmm. this game. Because I feel like there's a lot of doors you can open and that determines what the direction of the conversation for this last game is going to be. Because from a fan standpoint, wow, that was fun as hell. Like that was yes. a fun hockey game, probably a little pissed that you lost, probably a little pissed at the uh, the Jacob Middleton goaltender interference non-call. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, we uh, will. Yeah, if you're looking this just from like a big picture standpoint, you're looking at this and saying, you know what, the preds got the job done, you know, they got a point, they're uh I think according to 538 now have a 97% chance of making the playoffs. I think basically all they have to do is win one of their last three games and they're in at this point um if i'm looking at that math correctly um and then if you want to look at this from kind of an in-depth analytical standpoint uh there's probably a Mm -hmm. lot that doesn't make you encouraged about you know the rest of the year moving forward so it's weird because it's like it's like one of those like choose your own it's like if you want to be happy and optimistic let's go to page five and talk about (laughs) battling back multiple times to steal a point uh, if you want to be ang- like, if you want to be angry, let's talk about the non call. Uh, if you want to be a pessimist, let's go and talk about the- all the turnovers and the penalties and blah, 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 blah. So it's like it, it feels like the direction this conversation can go really depends on what viewpoint you want to take of this game.
1: It's true. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic one word for it. Now, I will tell you this I loved those and I would check them out of our elementary school library. But I found out I'm super risk averse because I always had the shortest adventures.
0: Would, would, it, like, would you get to the last page and like, wow, you chickened out on that one?
1: That was so like, I would turn the page like three times and to be like, and you turned around and went home. But, yeah, though, that's a great – but that is a great way to look at this game because there are some things about this Minnesota game that Preds fans should feel really good about. There are some things that are very encouraging. There were some performances by players that were encouraging. But then you look at something else and you think they played shorthanded for four – over four minutes. That's a – you know what I'm saying? Like it's all in how you look at it. That's a great analogy.
0: You- wow. Wow. Were That's you one, There's your interjection for that. <laughs> there's
1: my interjection.
0: <laughs> uh, were you one of those people that finished like one line of adventures all the way through? Or did you like go to the page, see what happens and then go back and be like, okay, now I want to happen if I choose this one.
1: Oh, I totally, I am still the, I'm still the person that looks before I, before I choose. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to get like shot in the head, like um, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas as soon as I walk through Right. Door.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I need to know. I need to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was me. yeah. I mean, it was such a hodgepodge of the game. And as we expand it a little bit and look back to that Tampa game too, um, yeah, I mean, it's really like such kind of a bipolar way of looking at it. Because I look at the Tampa game, and the Preds didn't play bad. Like I would, I wouldn't say the Preds played bad. They mm-hmm. just got outplayed. And I kind of feel yes. the same thing about the Minnesota game, too. I mean, there's a couple of things, like being shorthanded for, um, you know, seven different Eternity. <laughs> um, but there's also a lot that it was like, it looks like, you know what? The Preds aren't really getting bodied in this game. They're just mm-hmm. getting, like, outplayed. Like, they're not doing a whole lot wrong. It's just it looks yes. like Minnesota is just that much better of a team. And I felt that way with Tampa, too. And I... I, I don't know what the, I guess the, the confidence level should be when you look at a game like Minnesota um, and be like, okay, this is like the second time in a row that, you know, they've put a lot of shots on goal that they've really sort of outplayed us. And we've still come away with like a win or in this case, a point. Um, right. a lot of people, I mean, the, the, when the Ryan Johansson hat trick game happened a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, Uh, you know, six goals, a big, you know, everybody was talking about, wow, it's kind of a blowout and you you look at the stats from that game and it's kind of like, wow, Minnesota actually kind of outplayed (laughs) Nashville for the majority of that game. So I don't know what the confidence level is when you kind of look at that and be like, okay, well, you know, the Preds kind of stayed in it. They got the point. They did what they needed to do. They just didn't really control the game at any point in time.
1: I think that's been an issue all season long, though. Kind of setting an appropriate confidence level with this team has sort of been an issue all season long, where there was a point in time where we were like, yeah, this is a competitive rebuild and it might not even be that competitive. And then, you know, when the Predators kind of went on a tear, it was like, okay, now wait a minute. This is a team that's got the ability to, you know, really make a a move in a postseason run. And then, It's like the second half of the season, it has been so up and down with this team. It's very difficult to gauge what the confidence level is as a fan. I think that the team has done a a decent job through the ups and downs of kind of remaining relatively confident, but it's been a ride this second half of the season, and it's hard to know how to look ahead to a postseason run based on what this team has done since, you know, February, March.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what it it does going forward. Uh, We're going to talk about where the Preds are in the playoffs. Uh, Also that Jake Middleton call. Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, have had some thoughts on that one uh, and some more history for the Preds players and what's mm-hmm. already been a historic season so far. Do want to mention uh, to mention that today's show brought to you again by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. We, of course, got the NBA playoffs in full swing. Uh, MLB just started up, exciting baseball so far. And, of course, next week we got the Stanley Cup playoffs, so a lot of is coming up and if you want all of the updates on the sports developments league reviews and news you're going to want to go to our friends at bet online that's because Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Plenty of prop bets, uh, money lines, all that kind of stuff. However you choose to gamble on sports, they have you covered. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Again, that is BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Well, this is uh the last week of the regular season. That means tomorrow is our last hot take Tuesday mm-hmm. regular season. Uh so if you have any thoughts on you know who you'd like to see the Preds play in the playoffs. Are they going to somehow blow it? Uh, or, hey, oh, gosh. <laughs> maybe, maybe go outside the Preds a little bit. Is there a team that you're excited to watch this postseason? Is there somebody not a lot of people are talking about that you think could be a Stanley Cup contender? Let us know. Tweet us at LO underscore Predators or just comment on today's YouTube video. Uh, we may d- break down your take tomorrow on our Hot Take Tuesday show. Uh, speaking of hot takes, Ann, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Middleton. Falls down, <laughs> slides into David Reddick, and uh somehow that is the fault of Luke Cunning.
1: Yes, apparently Luke Cunning's aura, his, his force field, his sheer presence nearby was enough to fell Jacob Middleton. This was, and and again, I've said this before, and I will I will always say this, refereeing a game is a very difficult job. It's not a job that I would want. But when you review something, and you have the luxury of slow motion, and you have the luxury of looking at it over and over again, how you land at somehow Luke Cunnan's caused this and it was not goalie interference i will never know now i will say the predators did a great job killing the subsequent five on three which was a huge momentum shift but what a bunch of bunk like well, this here, was a bunch of bunk and here's the thing like maybe like if if you saw
0: like middleton slid in to riddick or like fell down and you know they, they said like conan was like kind of pushing him into him still and that's why riddick couldn't get up but that's not what happened no. like that's not what happened at all like middleton fell Cunning was like on him but there was no contact there was no shove he just lost an edge trying to stop in front of the net and because he fell cunning just happened to fall like on top of him
1: yes and it was he- the effect not the cause
0: yeah and it's like
1: clearly
0: if you go back and look at the replay you see it like that, that's clearly a goaltender interference because it's not like the aftermath. It's the initial contact. Right. And yeah. It was into Riddick. And then, you know, that happened to be when Cunnan was also down and kind of in front of Middleton. Now, if it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Cunnan's just like holding him down in the crease or like laying on top of him for something the play goes on for like, five, six, seven more seconds, and then Minnesota scores, then you can look at that and be like, okay, you know what? That's probably not for, you know, not being in the play. But again, that's not what happened. Like there was like, you know, the shot was right after that, then came the scramble in front and then the play. So it's like all the same play that started like a second after that happened. So yeah, the the refs absolutely got that wrong. And I know our friend Seth over at Locked on Wild doesn't think so, but uh, He's wrong.
1: We he's love wrong. him, yeah. but he's he, wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's that's not even like the Pred's Homer opinion.
1: No, that that is one that's gonna need that's gonna need a little um maybe just an email or a chit-chat. Because that was, I mean, that was a that was a blown call and and a big blown call that was a huge uh that made a huge difference in this game for the predators and um yeah blown call like and again i hate to criticize the refs don't want their job but when you then have the luxury of looking at it back there's just no way that that isn't goalie interference. I mean, it's just, it is a classic case. So very frustrating in this game. But again, I thought the predators did a good job. I think what followed showed sort of the mental toughness and the maturity of this team, where that could be something that would take this game off the rails when they're then there were, you know, Minnesota's awarded the goal and then God loved David Riddick. He gave a, a little love tap and got called I don't for watch us. them, Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the fact that the stick didn't go somewhere else is astounding. <laughs> so the, you know, the predators had a 5 on 3 to kill for 2 minutes and god love them, they did a great job. They stayed focused. Carrier, Eckholm, and Sissons were on that kill for over a minute and just phenomenal play on that it just it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened like that, but it did and it is what it is, I guess.
0: Yeah, that might come up a little bit in uh, today's plus minus, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: I, I thought the Predators did a really good job. Um, and it's like fitting that, you know, after that five on three that was killed, it was two power play goals. Kind of that same sort of second chance net front scramble. Yes. Sort of situation. You know, uh, I thought just because, of course, they were that for some reason they were going to review the Matt Shane goal because Ryan Johansson happened to be like, you know, in the general vicinity. The general vicinity. And he did make <laughs> contact, even though he was like clearly shoved right. by, guess who? Jacob Middleton. Uh, but I was like, I was watching that play, and I was watching uh, Dean Edison on the wild bench, like looking at it, and I'm like, if mm-hmm. he if he reviews this and this gets overturned, that's like, oh, that's there will text- be rioting. Yeah, that is textbook example of <laughs> somehow the NHL hates the Preds, right? I believe that storyline anyway, but
1: well, it's you know what, and and I blame Tim Peel because you know what you. You hot mic'd us. You let us in. We saw behind the curtain, and now we're just a little bit suspicious in Nashville. Yeah, the the
0: curse of Kevin Pollock
1: lives on. Yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, playoffs.
0: So yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Predators are uh in good shape right now. Pretty much everybody in the West. Um, that matters at this point, has played 79 games. Uh, L.A. and St. Louis already have played 80, but they're in um, extremely good shape. St. Louis is already clinched. They're already in the top three, so that doesn't matter. Um, As it stands now, according to 538, the Preds have a 98% chance of making this postseason. Uh, They are four points ahead of vegas with three games left to play so hey, never say never oh gosh Uh, yeah
1: um so
0: of course all it is but you know vegas last night you know it could have been a very different story last night because vegas uh, basically had the game one against san jose and wound up blowing it in the final seconds
1: um, uh, I'm so here for that. Can we just take a minute? I am so here for that, and I want to give a shout out to Nick Benino, who had two goals in that game. Nick Benino, we always loved you. We always loved you.
0: Yeah, I uh, th- 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 think somebody said, "Is this the most the Preds have ever cheered for the San Jose?"
1: For real, it just it feels a little weird.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a wild game and that, that certainly helps the Preds because if Vegas had won that game, I, th- I think we're talking about maybe a little bit more intense pressure. down the stretch. Um, but if I'm doing this math right, um, and that could be completely wrong, um, I believe if the Preds win one, um, then they should be good. Because it shouldn't matter. Well, no. Uh, Basically, I think if they win one and Vegas doesn't win the next one, they're in for sure. Uh, But, yeah, it's at the point where if the Preds win one, Mm -hmm. uh, then they're probably smooth sailing from there. Yeah.
1: Well, and here's the thing, regardless of getting into the playoffs and like, you know, you said percentage wise, it looks good for Nashville. Nashville needs to come out and have strong games against Calgary and Colorado yeah, and Arizona. I mean, with the way the season goes, let's not exclude Arizona, but it would be very good for this team to come out and have strong performances against those two top teams. For confidence, I think, for just getting some momentum heading into the postseason. So I think the next two games are really important. Would love to see the Predators get a win over one. Or, hey, let's say both of those teams. Just throwing it out there. Uh, I don't think
0: you want to go into Colorado at Colorado Mm
1: -hmm. needing
0: Needing. a win. Like having that be a must win.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a lot. That's a that's a big ask.
0: Yeah, I, I, at this point, I don't really think you want to go into Arizona.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you really don't. You yeah. just don't. No, let's just win Tuesday night at home against Calgary and just wrap just- it up. Okay. That's right.
0: Um, so it is going to be interesting to see. Um, again, Nashville has Calgary, Colorado. And Arizona, Vegas has Dallas.
1: Come which, on. I mean, like. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, that, that could certainly say a lot about um, yeah. standings at that point from there. Um, and then they have uh, Chicago and St. Louis to. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- those are going to be uh, the handful of games. I mean, we talked about Vegas kind of having the easiest schedule down the stretch. They haven't really done well against the easy teams they've played. And now their their two toughest opponents are. Our last, so that's certainly going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them coming down the stretch, which you know, Nashville can sort of relate to, but we do have some more things to talk about. It is Monday, Nick. It's the it's a new week, and that means we take a look back and we plus minus the week. We talk about what went well and maybe what was not so great for the Nashville Predators. So we have that coming up. But first we want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar You. If you've listened to the podcast, you know. Nick and I are huge fans of Built Bar. Built Bars are a protein bar that you will actually want to eat. And they have all kinds of flavors and concoctions. They have something called Built Bar Puffs. They have a protein-infused marshmallow treat called Puffs. They are covered in 100% chocolate. They have some great Puffs flavors. They have a cinnamon churro that is a favorite in our house. They have coconut marshmallow. They have banana cream pie. You are going to love the Puffs. But if you are more of a traditional protein bar guy, don't worry. They have that, too. All Built Bars are covered in 100 100% chocolate. They have fantastic flavors. My favorite, Cherry barcia, but they have a mint brownie. They have a cookies and cream. Any kind of like sweet treat that you're looking for, you're gonna wanna get some built Bars instead of the candy bar that we usually all reach for about three o'clock when we're feeling like we're not gonna make it through the day. Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but they are packed with 17 grams of protein, which is so much better for you than that candy bar with 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. So go ahead and replace your breakfast bar or your afternoon snack with a built bar. They have, like I said, all kinds of great flavors, coconut, coconut almond, they have a mint brownie. Double chocolate, which is a huge favorite in this house, too. They're all delicious. They are always coming out with new flavors at Built.com. So check their website often and see what they have. They are all about the taste, but they make sure you get lots of protein with it. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com.
0: All right, So it's Monday and that
1: Monday means
0: for Plus Minus, uh, where we give a pluses to the Preds players or things or topics that we thought were awesome and minuses uh, to all the things we thought were absolute trash. And- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some things that need improvement. There um, you go. And would you like to start us off with
1: a plus? I would love to start us off with a plus. So this has been a season of records breaking, and I want to give a juicy plus to Philip Forsberg, who joins my boy, Matt Duchesne, in the 40 goals in a season club for the Nashville Predators. And this is big. Because Nashville hasn't had a 40-goal scorer in franchise history until this year. And Duchesne and Forsberg have been going back and forth. And I think it's been great for both of them. Philip Forsberg got his 40th goal this weekend. And I just want to say congratulations and sign a contract. Because we want to have you back. (laughs) So fat plus to Philip Forsberg.
0: Please sign in this dotted line of this commemoration form we have mm-hmm.
1: here. But yeah. Don't,
0: don't, don't look at the eight by eight on top of that. That doesn't mean no, anything. You don't need to read that. You don't read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of history, and let's give a shout out to Roman Yossi. Uh, Saturday against Tampa Bay hit the 90 point plateau. It's incredible. First, not only the only Predators player to ever hit that 90-point plateau, but the first NHL defenseman to do so on any team any year since Ray Bork back in the early 90s. I mean, incredible. that's
1: incredible.
0: That is elite company. And there's only been a handful of players um, who have done that at any point. In their careers. So, I mean, that's incredible that Roman Yossi has been able to do that. Um, It's still wild to me that there's a lot of people arguing that he's not going to win Norris. Um, I kind of, I, you know, I'm not going to say I don't understand the argument, but I think when you do something that hasn't been done in almost 30 years and the last guy to do it was arguably one of the best defensemen to ever play the game. Um, I think that deserves some consideration. And yes, re- regardless, Roman Yossi is having an MVP type season.
1: This season has been incredible for Yossi and, you know, we thought his Norris Trophy winning season a few years ago was big and he just continues to get better. So I would agree with you. Always a fat plus for our friend Roman Yossi. Now we do have to say some hard things on this podcast and it's not always fun for us, but I want to give a minus to the stadium series jerseys, not because of the font, not because they go outside the lines but because we cannot win in them. Yeah. <laughs> the stadiums we are 0-3 and 0 in the stadium series jerseys and this hurts my heart a little bit because they started to grow on me. So let's just scrap the stadium series jerseys for the rest of the season. We're only a little stitious, but let's just make all of the concessions that we need to just in case and not wear those stadium series jerseys again. So frustrating.
0: Uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter uh, broke it down where it was since the um, since the Winter Classic they they did a thing of whenever the Preds have worn special jerseys. Oh, gosh. The winter classic jerseys, which included mm-hmm. uh, the reverse retros last year uh, and including the stadium series this year. And they only had like a, like, they won only like one out of four games <laughs> with like those. Uh, it, it was oh. something wild like that. So, yeah, maybe the Predators need to, yeah. Uh,
1: Just know, stick with what works. Just stick with the old standby.
0: Stick to the old standby. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a minus this week. You know, we, we talked about the penalties. Yeah, no. uh, Predators, once again, very, very reckless in the penalty box. That is something to me that's a huge minus. It's it's going to burn them. I mean, it burned them twice yes. last night. Um, and it certainly burned them against Tampa, too. I mean, that is something that the Predators are absolutely going to need to clean up. But I'm also going to give a minus, Ann, uh, to Chris Mason in the broadcast booth. Oh, come on. Do it. There is a moment last night genie uh, in the bottle was playing on the intercom
1: mm-hmm.
0: chris mason goes yeah genie in the bottle preds rocking out to some britney spears
1: oh come on chris mason even i got Jeannie that in the one bottle right. is
0: not britney spears <laughs> it is christina aguilera put some damn respect on her
1: name mace oh we love chris mason i love chris mason but i was like you were just sitting there in your wrongness being wrong uh, it was painful I
0: like, I like how it was less than like two minutes <laughs> he was like well i'm getting a correction genie in the bottle uh was christina aguilera and not britney spears mm-hmm. um, so you know there was some <laughs> producer that was like no no you are going to fix this <laughs>
1: whether you want to or not
0: you will not disrespect the early 2000s like that you were on the preds you should know you should be hip to what was going on in the preds locker room
1: yes no if this is ever a jeopardy question i think chris mason will not miss that question from here on out because it was an offense to everybody's sensibilities when he said that so bless your heart chris mason but fat minus Now, we never, ever want to end on a minus. We are hoctimists. We always want to end on a positive. And this is one that delights my heart to give out. And I am giving out a plus to one of my favorites, Mikhail Granlund, who I just, his mere existence is delightful. But... He has now a new career best in assists. His uh, career best previously was 46 when he was with Minnesota back in 2017-18, and he now has 48 assists on the season and we talk so much about Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne having these amazing seasons and so much of that comes through Mikhail Granlund and so I just don't think we can underestimate how critical his performance has been this season for the Predators and and he is just delightful like I just fat plus to Mikhail Granlund for dishing out the apples
0: yeah uh, what they call him? Granny, Granny apples.
1: apples. Granny apples. That's the nickname. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's better than big sexy.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. I think that's. Uh,
1: it probably depends on who you
0: ask. Yeah, uh, he, Mikhail Granlin also two assists away uh, from hitting the fifty assist mark plateau, and he would be only one of a handful of preds to have ever Just done Just
1: incredible.
0: That. Yeah. uh My last plus of the day, and we kind of. Mm-hmm. Talked- earlier i'm gonna give a plus to alexander carrier yes we have talked about this guy so much this season um but it it really feels like it cannot be understated how much of a hidden gem the Preds have found in carrier this season um last night was absolutely phenomenal uh -hmm. we on the ice for basically that entire five on three penalty kill made a couple of really good plays um, on that one to, to kind of shut the wild down played at six minutes of shorthanded time. Um, and, you know, he's not just a stay at home defenseman. He also played at two and a half minutes of power play time as well. This is a guy that does a lot of really good things. He is like the definition of a utility player. I mean, the Preds can basically mm-hmm. use him in any kind of role they see fit. Um, really great story overall, just the, the height of his career, how he's been able to kind of, you know, bear, buried in the minors for so many years finally gets a chance last year makes the most of it um coming into this year still with a little bit of shrouded out from people and look at him now I mean he is e- easily I would say maybe the number three defenseman on the Preds depth chart um, yes he's going to wind up being a valuable piece for this Preds defense for a really long time
1: Yes, I would agree. I think Carrier has had one of the best seasons, just very quietly, but he has had one of the best seasons for the Predators, and that's something because they've had some defensive struggles with injuries and kind of trying to nail down that third pairing, but Carrier has been rock solid, I think, this whole season, so 100% agree with you. Love him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely going to be kind of a fun thing to watch him develop. Yes. Uh, Predators take on the Calgary flames tomorrow. That is also a must win. Uh, we'll have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show. Plus hot take Tuesday. Remember to get your hot takes in. Can be about the Preds. Can be about hockey. Can be basically about anything. Ask us if you think a hot dog is a sandwich. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll get into all of that good stuff on tomorrow's show. Uh, until then, Anne, where can the people find your work online?
1: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com And you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, give us your hot takes for tomorrow, or let us know if you had a thought on anything we talked about today. That's going to do it on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode. We'll see you then.